0: This is the Agile Thoughts podcast and I'm Lance Kind My name is Diana Larson and I've been involved in the Agile community for a very long time since before it was called Agile. And I, I've i written a few books and I'm also a co-developer of the Agile Fluency Model with James Shore. And we have a an organization called the Agile Fluency Project. Until I decided to. <laughs> To plant my flag on uh-huh. is, uh, you know, I want people to have a good experience at work. And so I want teams of people to have what they need to work well together. Because I know in my bones that the kind of work that software development is works best in a collaborative team structure. And now those have to be remote collaborative teams, but that doesn't matter. You still, you know, that's still where the action is. And so I've always had the biggest affinity to people working in groups and having that work really well for them so that they feel like they're achieving things and being successful together. What type of teams is it good for? Just like with your own spoken native language uh, or any new language that you learn, you always have fluency to some degree, right? And, and for some purposes. So the agile fluency model has to do with how, what what is the nature of the fluency that a team needs to really respond to the needs of their organization, the needs of their customers, in a in a you know in a really good way, in a very responsive way, right? So um, fluency basically is just what you can do. Achieving a certain level of fluency is just what you can do routinely, with ease, without thinking, that is your fluency. And so, for teams, what we say is it's a, it's useful for the team to know what is the fluency that they need as a team to accomplish what the business is asking them for. So, just like I studied French when I was in high school. So, I would need a different French different capabilities different focus on topics if i'm going to be a tourist in France as opposed to if i'm moving there for a 3 month stay or if i'm going to go there and and teach agile workshops right that fluency varies and so and the same is is true with teams depending on what the business needs from them the fluency needs are different. And so that's what we're trying to zero in on when we talk about the agile fluency model. It's not like someone has fluency or doesn't. Everyone has fluency. Every team has fluency. The trick is figuring out where are they fluent and is that a good match for what the business is looking for? Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And, and is there a particular team mix that uh, the fluency model's targeted for? Well, we identify, in the model, we identify four, Um, but in reality, it's, you know, there's much more of a continuum going on. But we look at uh, what we call focusing teams, which are teams of people who have maybe moved from being individual contributors into a more collaborative team environment. They're beginning to think about more in terms of working in an agile way, whatever, whatever whatever approach to that they are taking. We're, we're completely methodology and framework agnostic. We just want to kind of make sure that the match is right. Interesting. Okay. So in the, in the focusing zone, we ne- teams need to be able to shift from an engineering and technical focus to a business value and customer value focus so rather than building on what's you know how 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 do these components work we want to say how is how are we creating smooth stories and features for our for our customers and for our business and then also really learning how to how to work well together support each other as a team that's a that's a kind of fluent skill set that's what we call fluent proficiency that teams need and these are often teams that where the focusing teams are ones where maybe technical debt isn't. Maybe they're not building long-term product products, or there's not sort of that marketplace urgency. So we'll see focusing teams more in places where they're building their short-term project products. Um, marketing teams where the where the site is going to be only up for a few months. Technical debt, eh. You know, <laughs> right. right, right. Or, and sometimes internal projects, infrastructure projects and organizations where they can continue to work on them for a long time. So, those are the kinds of teams or just beginning. If we're just trying to get our feet under us, we just need to figure out the fundamentals of agile. That Those would be the focusing teams. And then the other three have, you know, different, different purposes and organizations. But it's not tied to particular industries or anything. It's tied to what kind of product, what kind of deliverables does this business need? From this, this team. So you mentioned there's four types. What are those four types? You want to just name them? Okay. Well, we talk about the focusing teams, and when we talk about delivering teams, and these are the teams where that are doing continuous deployment, continuous integration. Technical debt is a big issue for them. They're maybe maybe delivering on a more rapid cadence and a more a cadence that can be forecasted, maybe more than the focusing teams where they need all those skills that the focusing teams have. They need all that fluency. But then they also need these additional engineering skill fluencies. They think more in terms of kind of whole feature sets that, that the customer is interested in. And then uh, the next one we call optimizing teams. And these are teams where they're not just cross-functional in the engineering. Delivering teams probably have UX people or DevOps people or some of those other builders involved in the team their cross-functional team. In an optimizing team, the cross-functionality is a little bigger. There are actual business people embedded with the team, maybe sales and marketing people embedded with the team, other kinds of folks, so that each team sort of owns its product. And they are making the decisions very rapidly within the case. They have everybody there that they need to do very fast decision-making to eliminate handoffs, those kinds of things. So, we see... Uh, a lot of focusing teams when we go out and look, <laughs> a lot of teams that are either either fluent in focusing or approaching fluency in focusing, or that's their target, that's what they want. And then we see um, another group that are delivering teams, a little bit smaller than the focusing, but they're they have a big presence too. Those two probably are seventy-five percent of the teams out there, and or maybe even more and then optimizing is a much smaller group but it is for those products that really need to be disruptive highly innovative in the marketplace really looking at market share and that's a big driver for them and so all of these teams can exist in the same organization you may have r&d teams that you need to be optimizing teams and then working on your flagship product that just needs to keep getting better and better are the delivering teams and then the focusing teams may be working on some of those smaller projects need to turn around rapidly. And then the fourth one that we have in our model, we call the strengthening zone. And in this one, the the mindset of the team moves beyond their particular features or their product to the good of the whole organization. And they're engaged in what is going to support best organizational success and they get involved in making decisions. So strengthening teams we mostly find in smaller organizations. We there I can't I, I have yet to see any very large organization that would be working at the strengthening zone. Because they don't need to. I mean that's not it's not that's not the business need there. In the news lately has been Dan Bryce Dan Price and Gravity Payment. Payments, right? Um, that he's the he is the CEO who a few years ago decided that no one in his organization that everyone in his organization should be making pretty much the same amount of money. And he flattened out the salary thing. And now he's just been talking about in this time of coronavirus that rather than making a decision about who would be laid off and who would be kept and as their, as their uh, market started shrinking, he went to all the teams and all the individuals in the organization and asked them, how can we best handle this crisis that mm-hmm. we're looking wow those people would be working on strengthening zone teams, teams that are actually involved in helping set the direction of the organization at some level. So, uh, so they need a different level of fluency. They need to understand, they need to be able to understand the broader business direction in a very deep way to be able to make wise choices and, and so on. So we'll see them maybe sacrificing, um, that, you know, they're working on a product and someone else in there is another team is working on a product and, and they are, there is a, a shared resource that both need. They'll say things like, you know, your product is going to get us market share faster than our product was. Why don't you take the shared resource first and then we'll get it later when you don't need it or when we, you know, we'll work out some kind of thing. So it's for the good of the whole, organization, not just for the good of their own product. Okay. So those are the levels. On our website, agilefluency.org, on the very home page there's a like an under ten minute video that sort of goes through the model. And then you can there's also a downloadable ebook there that goes into a lot more depth if people want to explore that further. Brian Larson has some giveaways, which you can find at agilefluency.org. And there we have a couple of things that we Hope you would find valuable. There's a short video on our homepage, and then also a link on our homepage to a free downloadable ebook that we would love to share with you. That talks about the Agile Fluency model that our that our whole business is based on, and uh, what teams really need to be to become fluently active in achieving business results for their organizations and feeling that sense of team greatness. So um, I'd love for you to visit our website or get in touch with us. Uh, We also have a YouTube channel. There's some interesting videos there. Get in touch with us and let us know how we can help you Level up your coaching practice, or if you are an organizational leader, we let us know how we can help put you in touch with someone who can help you with that. You'll find a link to the free book in the show notes. So go tap, tap, tap. And also, if you're listening to this podcast before June year 2020, there are some workshops you may be interested in. The way people would get involved as coaches with us is on our website, agilefluency.org. We have a workshops and events page. These particular workshops have have been for a long time. And we have one that kind of does the U.S. and... Oceania in time zones, and the other one is sort of Europe around the other, wrapping the other way around the, and we have one of each of those starting in June. We have a couple of ways to become licensed, to use our materials. There's a whole page about licensing, becoming a licensed facilitator. But on our workshops and events page, we actually have the links to register for our workshops and all the information about those. And so we are always looking for good, experienced coaches who, like I said, want to increase their toolboxes. And uh, the way to find out how to do that is to go to the website and and register. Or if you'd like to talk to us about it there, you can uh, get in touch with us at info at agilefluency.org. And we'll set up a time to talk with you about whether or not that workshop would be a good fit for you. Next episode, Diana tells us why she created this framework. Grumbling (laughs) about the ways that we were unhappy with people talking about you're either agile or you're not and being so dogmatic. You can only, only this one methodology is the best methodology for all purposes and